Welcome to the Revive Podcast with Pastor Jennifer Kofi. Be blessed as you listen to today's message. Still standing, I want us to take our key verses for today and then you may see it. Amen. We want to honor the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 Matthew 6 33 Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 Amen And it reads But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you Let's say it together But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you amen you may take your seats in the presence of the living god amen we thank god what a morning what an atmosphere right from prayer even through what an atmosphere i want to take a second verse a second um, reading and then we'll get into our word for today psalm 27 verse 8 psalm 27 a very popular psalm a lot of people go there the lord is my light and my salvation whom shall i fear the lord is the strength of my life all of that is there hallelujah and in the verse 8 it says when you said seek my face my heart said to you your face lord i will seek when you said seek my face my heart said to you your face lord i will seek hallelujah And this morning, I want to speak to us on seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We are coming into um, a season of consecration. We are going to be praying and fasting. And I just felt it apt. I mean, everything that was happening in the week, um, passages of scriptures, everything just seem to be going in this direction and so here we are seek the lord hallelujah have you ever lost something you know something that you considered so important to you have you ever lost something or um have you needed some information before you really needed to know something how do you behave when we lose our phones what do we do we call the line even though deep in your heart you know that iPhone dear, or Galaxy, whatever. Or deep in your heart, there's that. Ugh, it probably won't come, but we go all out trying to track it. We've put trackers in, in our phone to be able to figure out where it is and all of that. Have you lost money before? How did you feel? What did you want to do? If the things of this life are things that when you don't have with you, you can move and you can push yourself to be able to find how much more God, hallelujah, how much more God. So what does it mean to seek the Lord? And this morning, I pray for us this morning that it will not just be words, but my prayer even preparing is that a hunger will be stirred in our hearts because that's the whole point of seeking the Lord. You must hunger for him hallelujah so what does it mean to seek the lord the word seek is all over the bible from beginning to the end it's in the bible more than 300 times and there are even other passages that don't mention the word seek but have that idea and it's all over the scriptures it's so common in the scriptures and if you come to a man like david it seemed to be such a word that he always used you would always find it coming from david or from the psalms hallelujah in the old testament there are several words that translate seek in our english bible there are several different words that translate seek and also in the new testament as well we have seek where it is searching for something with pleasure and delight 
Hallelujah. Much like in, in Psalm 27 where it says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and inquire in his temple to see the beauty of the Lord. So much like that verse, there is that understanding of seek to look for something with delight, a double corn, like you really want it. There are, some, there are times in your life where it's not that you're hungry, but you just want to eat a thing or eat something, something particular, a dog coin, then you just go for it, right? So there is that understanding of seeking where you're doing it not because you need the thing, not because it is missing, but because you just want to, you're longing for it, is with delight, is with pleasure. Hallelujah. And then there is also that understanding of um, consulting or to look for something that is lost, hallelujah, or to devote oneself to something totally, hallelujah. For instance, when you come into Jeremiah chapter 29, which is popular and we love to go into Jeremiah 29, where do we go? We go to verse 11. We don't read the context. We don't see anything else but verse 11, hallelujah. But in the verse 13, and when you read that whole stretch, very, very interesting. In the verse 13, it says, and you will seek me, and find me when you search for me with your whole heart, hallelujah. And you will seek me and you will find me. So this understanding is more like wanting to have audience with a person, to seek someone's face, um, to aim yourself at something. This is where I wanna be, I, I, I seek to be here. Or to look for something or to consult with someone or even to devote yourself to something or be concerned about something like you seek the well-being of somebody. All of those ideas are here. Hallelujah. And then there's the other ones that have to do with asking um, that link us into prayer, um, private prayer or through a prophet or those things. You see it repeated in the Old Testament, those thoughts of just asking, asking, asking to inquire, um, mainly through prayer, mainly through prayer to ask for an answer, to ask for direction, mainly through prayer. And then there's also the understanding of to examine something intimately, as in you want to find out something, and so you begin to engage material, whether it's the word of God, whatever it is, you begin to engage that material so that you can, you can, you can get it, to examine something intimately. And then there's also this one, which I really loved. I, I didn't see seek in that verse, so I was like, hey, are you sure? But it is an encountering. It is an encountering. So when you go into Exodus chapter 19, Bible tells us, you know, remember when God came down on the mountain and there was fire and there was everything and the people were afraid to go. Now Bible says in the verse 17, it says, and Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God and that idea is seeking. When you approach something, when you come into a place where you want to encounter, you want to see, you, you, you want to find out, you want to, to engage something, that idea is also, is also to seek, hallelujah, an encountering, an encountering, an encountering. And there's also um, the understanding of to search for something painstakingly. It's difficult, it is missing, something very difficult to find, but to go through the effort to be able to lay hold or to be able to find it, that is also, and all these things have Hebrew words, shaka, darash, all of that, Hebrew words that go with it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me not, let me not bore you, you know, but then the first was baka, the second was bakash, um, the third was darash, the fourth, shakar, the fifth, kira, and then the sixth, shakar, hallelujah. When you come into the New Testament, the Greek as well, um, we realize that there is a, a root, which is the tail, a root word, and in it there are different dimensions and different things. So there's another tail, which is to seek carefully and diligently, even when it is difficult to find. Hallelujah. And then there's the exec tale, which is to seek favor, to seek the favor of God. Okay, so that's just 
requesting or doing something to honor God so that you can re receive his favor. But that also goes with um, to investigate or to crave, just like we saw before, to desire something, to crave something, and also to ask God to inquire or to demand, okay, to demand something. And then there's the epizeteo, which is to seek after, which is to seek after or desire. So all of these ideas come under zeteo, which is the base word, okay? And what we would notice about this word when it is used in scripture, oftentimes you will realize that it is used in the present tense almost always, almost always used in the present tense, so keep that in mind. But what conclusions can we make from all of these things that we are hearing? All these different ways that it is used in the Bible and is used so many times and is used to mean this and is used to mean that, is used to mean this, hallelujah. What are the conclusions we can make? The first conclusion we can make is that all through scripture, the call to and the meaning of to see God it has been one. If you look in the, usually when you see a word in the New Testament, you go and check in the Old Testament, they don't usually have the same meaning. But for seeking the Lord, they seem to have the same thought. And what is that thought? It is a desperate, aggressive pursuit of the Lord. A desperate, aggressive pursuit of the Lord. It is to go after, it is to chase down, it is to desire, it is to hunger, it is to search for, it is to ask of him, hallelujah. It is to ask of him, to search for, to pursue, to go after him, to chase after him, and that is what we understand. And then the second thing we can conclude from all these definitions is that the call of God to men, that men should seek God, has been from the beginning. Hallelujah. Has always been and continues even now. It didn't just pop up or I didn't just get up this morning and decide, oh, I see, we must know. It has always been there from the beginning. When God created man, God wanted man to long for him. Bible says he will show up in the cool of the day to commune with man. That was something that God desired that we would have. So it has been from the beginning of time, hallelujah. And even now it still is. Why do I say that? Because when you go into Jesus' teachings, it's interesting, Jesus taught about the kingdom. And when he would teach about the kingdom, he would use parables to give us a picture of what kingdom life looks like. And several times in scripture, Jesus' parables will refer us to kingdom life looking like seeking for something. If you have something already, why are you going to seek it? After he has told us that, hey, the kingdom of God is near you, even now it is in you. How then does he go on to preach and teach that the kingdom of God is like something you must seek? When you go into Matthew chapter 13, for instance, he gives two parables. In the verse 44, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field which a man found. And then the man hid again and from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and he buys that field. And then he comes to verse 45 and verse 46 and then he gives another parable. That sounds very much like it. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant that is seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. And so even from the teachings of Jesus, we understand that Jesus tells us that this kingdom life is about pursuit. It's about chasing after God. It's about searching for him, finding him, and doing all that it takes to keep him. It's not some one-off something that happens somewhere in your life, and then you can go off and do whatever. It says it costs you everything. It caused these people, according to Jesus' parable, everything, 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 hallelujah. 
So why must we seek the Lord? Why must we seek the Lord? Why is this such a huge theme in the Bible? Why is this such a, a big thing for God? And even in the walk of our lives, he does things to put us in a place where we can turn to him. You'd find that there are times in your life where you hit a wall and it's only because God wants you to turn to him and to seek him. Why is this such a huge thing in the word of God and even in our life's experiences? Why? Why is seeking God such a huge thing? The first thing we have heard already is because God commands it. God commands that we seek him. Hallelujah. God commands that we seek him. God commands that we seek him. When you go into Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 and even other scriptures like it. Bible says, but seek first the kingdom of God. It doesn't suggest it to us. In fact, it's in an active voice. If you're an English um, student, it's, it, he, it, he speaks in an active voice and he speaks in the imperative, which is a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not a plea. God commands us to seek him. God commands us to seek him. When we, what we read in, in, in Psalm 27 verse 8, it says, seek my face. It says, when you said, seek my face, it wasn't a discussion. God gave a command. The rest is what you will respond to it. It's a command. It's a command. It's a command. The second reason why we seek God is because we are wired to seek him. Like what else would you do? You are wired to seek him. You are built to seek him. A natural human being, like a regular human, physical life, you are built in such a way that you will need food. If you don't eat uh, over time, you will get hungry. Over time of not feeding that hunger, what happens is you begin to starve. And when you begin to starve, you will die. Just the same way that the natural man or the physical human being is built in that way. You need something that sustains you, that keeps you going. And so God created us and created our metabolism and created everything, digestive system, and created, in such a, created us in such a way that you can take it in, bring it out. I mean, it has all these vessels that carry the nutrients all over. God created us to have a need for something that sustains us just like that. The spirit man is also built that way. The spirit is also, the, 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 the spiritual man or the new man in Christ is built that way. Even before we get to the new man, even the natural man, the carnal man has a need for God, has, has something in him that seeks for God. Why do I say that? Every person walking on this earth, when you preach to people, something happens that there is a base hunger in every person. Why is that? Because God created us in his image and in his likeness. And from scripture, everything tells us that God himself is a seeker. He comes after those he wants. He himself comes after those he wants. And two, God breathed his breath into us. And that is how we became a living soul. And so as you are walking there, whether you accept it or not, God has put, there is a divine nature in you which causes you to move and act and think. And because of that breath, breath of God in us, because of that breath of God in us, we will hunger. There will be a hunger. The only difference of, between spiritual hunger and physical hunger is when you eat spiritually, when you try to satisfy that hunger, it only creates more hunger. That's the only difference. And so there is a base hunger in the unbeliever. If he is able to satisfy that hunger and come to the place of salvation, he will get more hungry. He will need more. He won't be content there. We are wired. We are wired to see God. We are wired to see God. Hallelujah. Psalm 63 verse 1 and 2, it says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. And you can literally hear the desperation, the need, the need, the need. We were built to, to, to desire. We were built to seek. 
We were built to look for something more. Everybody on this earth, what, what the people who serve idols, what are they looking for? Everybody has a need to connect with something that is beyond them. It is a hunger God put there. He put it there so that it can direct you to him, so that it can lead you to him. We were wired. We were wired. We were wired. We were wired to seek him. And you'd realize that the more of him you find in trying to fill that hunger, the more of him you want. You'd realize that nothing will satisfy for the unbeliever, and all of us have been unbelievers before, before we came to Christ. You'd realize that you, you could think that, oh, it's in women, or it's in men. You could think it's in sex. You, could think, you, could, you can think that, oh, your satisfaction will come from, from, you know, achieving so much and having all the material things. But the more you get those things, it's like you still want something more. That's how people get addictions because they cannot identify the roots of their hunger. That is how you get addicted. You, f there is, you feel a need, but you have not determined, oh, this is what I actually need, and you fill it with something, and you take more of it, and it's not solving the problem. Hallelujah. Nothing will be able to fill that void, because we were wired like that. God, in his wisdom, created you in a way that you will need him, in a way that you will long for him. He created you in a way that he will be the only one that sustains you. We were wired to seek him. It is how we survive. Seeking God is how you live. As a believer, seeking God is how you live. He is your life. He is the life that is in you. When you stop seeking him, you begin to die. You begin to die. When you stop seeking the Lord, you can't hear his voice. You begin to lose your way. You begin to, to fall into sin and into temptations. When you stop seeking God, other things take over. Your heart is never without a king. Your heart is always with the king. The atheist thing, they don't, but their heart is always with the, either self or something else is ruling. And when you stop seeking God, something else takes over. Hallelujah. Seeking God is how we live. Like a plant that is not watered. It will die. Like a child that has the potential of life and years ahead of him that is not given food. They die. They die. It is in seeking him that we find life. He is everything. He is life. He is provision. He is health. He is strength. He is everything. And so we must seek the Lord. Hallelujah. And so we must seek the Lord. How do we seek God? How do we seek God? And I know that maybe, you know, sometimes we hear all these things and there are so many formulas. And those are good, but how do you really seek God? The Bible prescribes to us that we seek God with our whole hearts. I can tell you read your Bible an hour a day, but when you seek God with your whole heart, you, you will be so drawn to him that however much he demands, I won't be the cap. Where I get to and I think I'm full is not where you will get to. Maybe you'd even do beyond me. Bible tells us in Jeremiah 29, such a beautiful passage of God restoring and God making over. Hallelujah. In the verse 12, it says, then you will call upon me. And, you, and go to pray. So this is coming out of verse 11 where it says, I know the plans I have towards you, plans of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end, right? And then he goes to the verse 12. He says, because of that, you must seek me. Because of that, go and pray. Because of that, call upon me. Hallelujah. He says, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart. When you search for me with your whole heart. How do we seek God? Seek him. Let your heart be after him. The rest of the things will follow. Oftentimes we want to manage the deeds, the fruit, without checking the root. You are telling someone, oh, come to church. Hey, why aren't you coming? Oh, do this. Oh, don't do this. Ah, da, da, da. You can do all that. But that 
that's not where the issue is. The issue is at the root. Where is their heart? Where is the heart? Because when the heart goes, everything else will follow. The mind will follow. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 12, we hear a passage that is very similar to what we see in Matthew chapter 6, which is our key verse. So Matthew chapter 6 is saying, don't worry for what you wear. Don't worry for what you eat, for shelter. Don't worry. The Gentiles look for these things. Don't you know that I can take care of you? Blah, 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 blah. Then it says in verse 33, it says, but seek first. So if you are not worrying about those things, what do you do? You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Hallelujah. So there's a similar thread in Luke chapter 12, reading from a certain point, I think about 34 somewhere. It says, for your, where your are Okay, so I'm, I'm quoting the verse I need, but the context is the same. In, in Luke chapter 12, the context is still, don't, don't worry about what you wear and all that. Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like the lilies of the field and all of that. It's the same context. Then when you get to verse 34, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Hallelujah. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, if God is your treasure, is the if the life of the kingdom is what you've discovered to be the most important thing, the rest of the things will follow. Oftentimes, the reason why people aren't seeking God is their heart is not there. So if there's something I can say to a congregation about how to seek God, it will not be, you must read your Bible two times a day. Those are the things, those are the evidences Hallelujah. It will show. But what you need to work on is the heart. Because if he is your priority and if he is your treasure, trust me, everything else will go in that direction. Seek him with your whole heart. Let him be the one who sits on the throne of your heart indeed. Hallelujah. I ask you today, where does God occupy in your heart? Some side thoughts. Is he your priority? Do you re realize that you need him more than anything in this world, more than even your life? That waking up in the morning and going, you need God even more than that. And the word of God calls us to set our hearts to seek him. In other words, there's no seeking without setting your heart. It's a determination. Seeking God is not something that comes easy and you'd realize from the definitions that it can be much effort. But when your heart is fixed on something, you don't see what is in the way. You don't see things coming after. You don't see what, you don't see anything. You just keep going after you must seek God diligently in spite of how difficult the effort might be. Seeking God means that something must be giving up. It means that flesh must die and self must die. And that is kingdom life. Kingdom life is giving up everything so that you can have him. In other words, you can't hold on to everything and have him because in him is everything. It will be a contradiction that you'd go to some other place to get what you need and come to him. How is he God? How is he God if he cannot give you the things that you need and you have to go and look for them by yourself before you come to him? Seeking God is an understanding that he is everything. And setting your heart that I'm not going to look to the left or to the right, but I'm going to seek, I'm going to pursue him, I'm going to chase after him, I'm going to go after him. This is my one desire, the psalmist says, that I will seek after. Seeking God does not happen by chance, it doesn't happen by chance. It doesn't have, it's, it's not accidental. Seeking God is deliberate. It's a choice. It is not chance. It is a decision that, see, I've seen this, and it means so much to me, and I cannot give it up. And so I'll give up what it takes in my life so that I can have it. This is kingdom life. Have you seen a man in love before? 
you have, you have, you are, you are one. Hallelujah. <laughs> we'll go through cemetery. Like you don't even. We used to have a joke on campus. We say, or, like you see people acting up. I remember once I had some guys sit in front of my door all night. The whole and I was in my mind. I'm like, I like. How is this even possible? Doesn't the person realize that people are looking at him? What is this? But we, we would say, my friends would say, he doesn't have any control over himself. It is pushing him, John, John. He's just going. Have you seen a man in love before? He will take you out. He doesn't have money for where he has taken you to. He'll be... He'll be smiling, posing, great. Oh, eat whatever you want. He knows that, see, to get there, but his heart is there. His heart is there, so it's like nothing even, it doesn't matter. When your heart goes in a direction, Everything follows in that direction. So how do you seek God? Seek him with your whole heart. Don't give room for other things. Don't say, oh, a little of this and a little of that. God doesn't work that way. And he doesn't bother to be frank with you, to show up or to show himself to people who know him and yet choose that he's not all they need. They need. See God with all your heart. It is a root. If you're looking at your life and you're like, ah, it looks like I'm, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm a Christian. I, but as I come in to me, I'm not a hungry Christian. I don't yearn. I'm not longing. David, David was out of his throne or his palace because of a situation and even when he was in hiding, these were the things he was saying, oh, how I long, oh, how I yearn, oh. Uh, that was his, he wasn't thinking about, oh, my robes. Oh, by now, Absalom is wearing my, my crown. It wasn't, that was not his headache. And you'd constantly hear the cry of David's heart, oh, how I long for you in a dry and oh, God. Because he knew that God was everything. That is where his heart was. That is where, when, when David sinned against God and God punished him, when he understood what, was, what it was, okay, God, you have punished me, you've taken the child. I know, what did David do after that? It says he went, fell before God, and he prayed. They thought he was sad, but he was like, the first thing he goes to do after trauma, after tragedy, after loss, is the presence. That is a person whose heart is after God. What do you do when you get in a hard place? You cut corners. You cut corners. You take the easy path. You deny Jesus. That is what we do. That is what human beings do. But God says that we must seek him. And when you come to seek him, he doesn't want parts. He says he wants all your heart. That's how he wants you to seek him. It must be intentional. It must be deliberate. He must be the object of your love. And you must go after him with all that you have. Even if it will cost you everything. That's how you seek God. It is expressed in our prayer life. It is expressed in our fastings. To be able to deny yourself begins to show us that, mm, okay, it's expressed in your holy living. It's expressed in your obedience to God and your devotion to God. Those are the fruits. Those are the evidences. That is what someone will look at and be like, oh, wow. And so it's not just about having it in your heart. If it's in your heart, it will show. The reason it's not showing is because it's not in your heart. It, the heart will let it show. The flip of what I'm saying is that someone can fake the outward 
until something comes up and then you realize, oh, it wasn't like that after all. But if your heart is there, when it is tested, you will still be found seeking. Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and then seek his righteousness and then all other things. What does that even mean? The kingdom of God is the rule and the reign of God. It is everything that has to do with God. So seek him, seek God. He becomes your, person, your Lord and your personal savior. That's good enough. But he says, and his righteousness. What does that mean? Righteousness has two levels. There's the righteousness that's imputed to us. That's the first level. That is God's right. When you say, uh, I believe in Jesus Christ, boom. You are in right standing with God. It is not your works. It's not what you did before. Nothing. He just gives it to you. Take it. Take my righteousness. I died for you. And I've exchanged all of your sin and everything with my holiness. And he gives it to you. But there's a second dimension of righteousness, which is progressive. And that is to be able to do the things that prove that you have his righteousness. And so it is a vertical and a horizontal relationship with God and with people. Someone must encounter you and be able to say, mm, this person is someone who's after, after God. And that is what Jesus was saying. He says, seek the kingdom. Yes, seek God. Know him. Give your life to him. But beyond that, don't stay there. Let it be so evident in your life. Let it become practical. Let it be seen. Let us see the fruit of righteousness in you. Seek it. Seek it. It doesn't come just like that. Seek it. Search for it. Yearn for it. Go after it. Drop whatever you have to drop to have that. Is that what you do or you say, oh, It's expressed through the fruit, how you live, your walk with him, your prayer life, fastings, how much of him you know. When you see God, you always want to hear his voice. When you see God, you always want to be in his company or in his presence. These are things that you know. All of you here, you've gone to pair or big girl, da. You've all of you, so you know. You always want to talk to the person. You always want to be around the person. Do do mm. Mm. <laughs> You always want to be around the person. The person says something, it's not funny, you are giggling. Other people are like looking like, hey. That is how, that is how I feel about the word of God. I know that there are people who are bad. I can read some things, I'm smiling to myself. It sounds good. You want to please the person. You see, that's why he doesn't have money, but taking you to high-end restaurant, he himself will not eat. Oh, eat whatever you want. Oh, eat whatever you want. He's not eating. There is a problem. <laughs> you want to please him. It must show in all these ways. How do you love someone and not show it? How do you love someone and you treat the person like second fiddle? How do you love someone and then when you like, when you like, you know, you've done your schedule. Um, when the person calls for you, when God taps you, 2 a.m., I have something to tell. You roll over like Charlie, Charlie. Hey, meanwhile, you can be fast asleep, but your phone will be so close. Cause a beer, time zone empty. By the time he can call, it's around that too. And you will wake up. You are sleepy. <laughs> Look, it must be expressed. So you seek God with your whole heart. But keep in mind that when the heart goes, it must be expressed. It must show. It must show. And we seek him by the help of the Holy Spirit, by the help of God himself. He says nobody can come to him unless he draws him. Who puts the initial hunger there? Who puts 
that thing I was listening to, a message very similar, and I literally this week, everything that has come, my, my, I woke up this morning and living word was uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Um, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. I'm like, okay, this thing has followed me the whole week. Even if I want to change my mind, I can't. So I was listening to a message. But before the message would come, they usually give, like, show a testimony or something. And it was talking about a couple. And these people, the two of them, they had their separate lives, but they had gone into drug addiction. They were bound for years. They were in prison, like, and all kinds of things had happened to them because of the path they had chosen. Um, the guy said there was a time he was going, he, he went out with his friends, they got high and everything, and he was going somewhere, he drove, and he was in a fate like a terrible accident. When they took him to the hospital, the first thing the doctors did was they induced coma. They, 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 they put him in because the, he wasn't responding to anything, so they thought that Something had happened to his brain. It wasn't nothing. It wasn't impact. Drugs. He was so high. Like, what is called accident and pain and fracture. He didn't know anything. He was fine. The doctors were worried. They thought, mm, we've, done, we've done everything to bring the guy back. Perhaps, you know, something happened to his brain. So let's induce coma and try to, so that the brain doesn't swell. And they were worried. Only for hours later for them to get labs back and they're like, the guy is on all kinds of things. Like he is, the, the level of intoxication is like almost like, any we'll, we'll cry. What is this? And he kept going. He told himself, I will not do it again. And he goes right back to it. And he was like, within a space of seven years, he was in prison. Like he, he, they kept putting him in jail for all kinds of things because of this addiction. But then he encounters Jesus. He encounters Jesus. Someone invites him to church. And he said the first time he walked in, something in him just identified with it. And they were sharing their testimony of how God in that time, between that time and where they were now, God had turned their lives around, given them a family, given them a home, given them work, just turned everything. I'm telling you, it is not by your strength. So when I say these things to you and it sounds like I'm, I'm being harsh, that's not it. I'm asking you to fall on your face and ask him to help you. Because by your strength, you cannot do it. By your strength. If you try it by your strength, you will go, you will fail, and you say that it's so hard to see God and it doesn't even work, this whole thing. And they said when you see God, then you are free. It's not true. It doesn't free you indeed. Because... You tell yourself things like, oh, okay, it's, you've done resolution. That's what it is. But you see God by the help of God. Unless he draws us. Unless he draws us. It is a spirit of God in us that yearns for God. Your flesh, what does it want with God? No. Your flesh wants to satisfy itself. It wants to feel good. It is only by his spirit that we are able to seek him. It's only by his spirit that we are able to deny ourselves. And so Paul says, I beat my flesh and I put it under. I put it under what? I make sure that my flesh is subject to my spirit. That's what he was saying. Put it under. Put it under what? If we put it under the air, that means we buried you. Where will go? Where, where would you put it? And thank God because the Holy Spirit always creates hunger, which becomes the catalyst for seeking him. He works that hunger. He says, it is him who works in you both to will and to do. He makes you desire him. He makes you yearn for him. 
And when you see him, he makes you want more of him. Paul says things like, I cannot live like I have attained. He says the things, all the, everything else I count like dung. Hey. We seek him by the help of the Holy Spirit. If you can have the understanding of these three things, you will always be before him, even in your weakness. Even when the situation is not the perfect way, you know, your, your schedule is so tight, there will be something, there will be a throbbing that will always cause you to give him his place. If you can understand these three things, that you must seek him with your whole heart. You must express the seeking. It, the seeking must be expressed in your life and in your walk with him and that you can only do it by the Holy Spirit, by the help of the Holy Spirit. It will transform, it will transform your walk with God. When you are weak, when you start praying or you open the Bible and you, fall, you, are, you, are, you are sleepy, you are tired, even that there is a throbbing, there is a, a heartbeat, it's like your heart will latch onto any small time and any small word. The, the Wesley brothers, John Wesley and his brother, it is written that their mother must be credited for how the boys turned out. It says this woman would do house chores. It says that she would have to cook, she, but when she's fasting, she, she would go as far as covering her, her mouth. She would tie a cloth around her mouth to remind her that I'm cooking, but I'm not a part of this. She lived it out. And though nobody knows her, she must be credited for how her sons turned out because she was a woman who knew how to see God and her son saw what it meant to her. Stop giving excuses. Stop giving excuses. We are beyond that. Have you seen the way people are dying I, I thought to myself the last time I said, if, some, if, if, if you don't know Jesus or you are not walking with him, I pity you. I pity you because you don't even know when you will leave this earth. It's enough excuses. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. Put him in his right place and stop giving excuses. If you want to walk with God, walk with him. If you don't want to walk with God, choose your path. But he commends to us that walking with him is the way to lay hold on everything else. What happens for those who seek him? As I round off. The Bible says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Referring to all the things, all the material things, because that's what he was talking about. And he, before that, he had said, don't worry. So it, it includes for me in my thinking. It includes peace. It includes rest. Because he says, don't worry. Don't worry about them. I'll provide them. So if I know he will provide, that means I can lay hold on rest. I don't have to be anxious. All these things will be added. Psalm 34 verse 10 it says, the young lions lack. Look at lion and his strength. But sometimes they lack. Lion children, sometimes they lack. So in other words, in your strength, if you go in your strength, you will still lack. Your strength is not enough. It says, the young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing when you seek him you will find him that is what he promises us that is what he says ask it will be he, he, he will respond he says seek and he says knock and when you seek you will find him when you seek him he will fill you. When you seek him, you have everything. That is what happens for those who seek the Lord. That is what happens for those who seek the Lord. 
there's a case study of Uzziah in Second Chronicles, hallelujah. I believe it's in chapter 26. And I just want to read this to you, I'm just reading through the passage. Bible says in verse 3, from reading from verse 3 of Uzziah chapter, sorry, 2 Chronicles chapter 26, it says Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. Verse 4 says he did right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He continued to seek God, hallelujah. Verse five, in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding through the vision of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. As long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. You're talking about increase. You're looking for increase. Go and seek God. You want increase. Go and seek God. It says as long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. And it goes on. It begins to break down the victories he won in battle. Warred against the Philistines. He broke down the wall of Gath and the wall of um, Jabna. And it goes on and on. It goes on. It goes on. It tells us all that he did. And by the time we get into verse 15, it says in Jerusalem, he made engines of war. This guy saw the Lord to the point where God was giving him fresh ideas, things that were not done before. He would, he would perceive them and go and do them. It says he made engines of war, invented by skillful men to be on the towers and on the corners for the purpose of shooting arrows and great stones. It says, hence his fame spread afar, for he was marvelously helped until he was strong. For he was marvelously, the, the way God was helping him was blowing the minds of people. I have told us that we've entered a season, I won't call it a year, that God is drawing a line. It's either you are with him or not, and it will be so clear. So choose where you stand. Decide. Decide where you stand. Because you can't be one foot in, one foot out. It won't work. Decide. For he was marvelously helped until he was strong. But his story doesn't end there. When he became strong, he became proudful. I pray for us that when we, and that is usually the story of man. When you need him, you go for him. When you think you have enough, you forget. Bible tells us that the end of King Uzziah was bad. In fact, when Isaiah comes to write, he says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Almost like, good riddance. Let's close this chapter. Moving on. Bible says King Uzziah ended with leprosy because he, he could not discern God's place from his place. Priests were telling him, this is not your place. Don't go. You cannot go and light the censer. It is not your way. But his heart was lifted up because he forgot that his help came in seeking God. When we seek him, there's no end to seeking him. That is kingdom life. You don't seek him for a year or two, begin to see his power, prophesy a little, cast out demons little. Then you, that is what happens when you see a man of God fall. It is not that they started out bad. Sometimes they started out good. They loved the Lord. They were before the Lord. They were asking for instructions from the Lord. But it came to a point where they thought, oh, I got to figure it out. But kingdom life is daily seeking. Kingdom life is always going after him. Kingdom life is always saying, God, what do you have for me? What should I do? How should I do it? I don't know. You know. Show me. Lead me. It says, trust not in your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Kingdom life is daily seeking. Daily seeking the Lord. Daily seeking the Lord. And from Kinozai's life, we learn that when you stop seeking, you begin to lose your way. You begin to profane what is not supposed to be profane. You begin to handle God like, oh, he's, 
He's ordinary, but he's not ordinary. It doesn't matter. When you start hearing people say it doesn't matter, entiden, entiden, go and check the seeking. When you start misbehaving, go and check the seeking because there's something wrong at the root. And when you can fix the seeking, it will begin to show on the fruit. I always say, I always say, I was a mess. I was a mess. I was the kind of young child when you do something to me, I remember once an adult thought they were great and mighty and they wanted to put me in my place. I said, oh, very good. I picked a chair and I stood on the chair. I was like, are you talking to me? It's like, I'm too short for you. That was the kind, that was the kind of child I was. You fight me in school, I fight you. That's how I got chicken pox. You're a boy, you come, you don't know. You say something I don't like, I will hit you because I was, I was a big girl. At a point, I stopped growing, I don't know, growing tall. But I was taller. I was always at the back of the line, like assembly line, I'll be at the back. I was taller than everybody. All the boys were small, and I was like tall and big. That was the kind of child I was. I was, um, something happened a, a few years ago with one of our pastor's wives, and she was so upset, and she was shaking and they had to take her in and she said she didn't want anybody to talk to her da, 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 da. and I went into the room and I sat at the edge of the seat and she was like that's for you you are so calm You're so... and I was I, I began to tell her this is not how I've always been when I found Jesus I went from there to like here I would cry and I'd be like ah, what's wrong with me but I wasn't originally that Jesus is everything. He's the transformation you need. He, you will find it in him. He's the provision. You will find it in him. He's the sense you need. You will find it in him. You will find it in him. So seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. When the fruit is bad, there's a problem. That's a problem. Check it. Don't assume it's okay. Don't assume, oh, we are, let's go. Let's go. We'll just, we'll just, you know. No. Stop. Fall on your face and say, God, what is it? Inquire of him. How can you help me, God? I can't do this on my own. I'm trying, but it's not working. Help me. Help me. It says those who, the wicked, God describes the wicked as people who don't seek him. I can't remember the verse, but it's in the book of Psalms. It says those who don't seek him, I don't know whether it's chapter 10, I'm trying to, it says they, they, he calls them wicked. And why are they wicked? Because they are proud. When you need help and you don't go and ask for it, it is your pride that is killing you. It's not God who hasn't tried. So seek the Lord. And don't stop seeking him. Because you can be mighty and high today. When you stop seeking him, you begin to go the other way. And before you know it, pride will go before a fall. Before you know it, pride will go before a fall. Before you know it, pride... There's a man of God who said to me once, and we had a confidential discussion, and he said, see, the day I fornicated, the day I went behind my wife, he, says, he, he said he could not believe he was in that. He said, in the midst of it, he was asking himself, what happened? How, how come? When you begin to lose sight of seeking him, you will find yourself in things and in places that you did not even plan to go. I said, if, you, if he is not the one on the throne, something is on the throne. So what should our response be? Psalm 27 verse 8, we come back to this. The psalmist says, when you, God, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, Lord, your face I will seek. And this morning, all over this room, you just want to begin to say, Lord, your face I will seek. You're calling us to deeper places. You're calling us. You're calling us, oh God, to come before you.
You're calling us to make you priority. You're calling us to make you priority. Let this be your response. Let this be your response, Lord. Your face will I seek. Your face will I seek. It may mean that I have to lose certain things. It may mean that I have to go and sell all that I have so that I can have you. But Lord God, I will seek your face. He did not say my lips said. He did not say my mind said. He said my heart said to you. My response is a heart response. Lord God, I'm not going to play you with my mind. My mind is too limited. But Lord God, I'm going to surrender my will. I'm going to surrender my emotions. I'm going to surrender everything. The seed of my heart. The, 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 the seed of my emotions. The seed of even my thinking. The seed of my decisions and my will is my heart. Lord God, I am going to yield that to you. My heart said to you. My heart said to you, my heart said to you, your face will I seek. Your face will I seek. Your face will I seek. That is where you begin. Just begin to seek his face. Not the deep things, not, not the mysteries. You can just decide, I'll come before the Lord. I just want to give him this time. That, that is enough for him to say, okay, this, this, this person is ready for deeper. This person is ready to go further with me. I can take you places. I can show you things. It says, your face will I seek. There's a woman of God, a prophetess. Not the typical prophetess in Ghana that we have, but she, she's a prophetess. She's a white person. And she was saying one of the visions she saw for 2022 was she saw a people look like an army. And was like they were charging forward and it looked exciting and when she looked she saw that all the people had sashes across their chest and it was written on it assignment 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 and it looked amazing and she was excited but she began to hear sobbing sobbing and crying and when she turned she saw someone as it were Christ and it looked like he was in tears and she began to ask Lord why this, this is your army. These are people rising up doing for you what you've called them to do. And what he said to her was, they have left their first assignment. They have left their first assignment. They've carried the other things on their chest and they are running after, but they've left their first assignment. What is your first assignment? What did he say? The, the greatest command was, to love the Lord your God with all your heart. To love the Lord your God with all your heart. There is no greater pursuit. Nothing in this world will stop. You try it. I promise you. Go and ask those on drugs. Go and ask those in masturbation. Go and ask those who have lined up women and lined up men. Go and ask them. Ask them this question. When will you be full? And they'll tell you they don't know. Your face, what we see, God. There's nothing greater than you. You, 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 you are exceeding. You said to Abraham, I, the Lord, I am your exceeding great reward. You are what we need. We seek you first. We give you priority. We give you priority. We give you priority. We seek after you, oh God. Come on, just cry out to him. Cry out to him. And even if you don't feel like seeking him, tell him, God, make me hungry. Please make me hungry. Please make me hungry. Please make me hungry because there's a problem in my life. It looks, I feel like I'm full, like eating Chinese food. For a moment, you feel food, but it's full, but you're not full. You walk out of a Chinese restaurant, the next thing you're hungry. It's like some placebo effect. You think, but it's not. Tell him, God, make me hungry for you. Make me hungry for you. Make me hungry for you. Make me hungry for you, Lord God. Make me hungry because only you can turn my life around. Only you can turn my life around. Only you can change me. Oh God, only you can do it, oh God. Lord God, I yearn for you. I long for you. My soul longs for you, Lord God. My soul longs for you. My soul longs for you. I hunger and I thirst after your righteousness. Not just to be called a Christian, but to be a living proof 
of what I profess, to live practically like Christ, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. And I'm, I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. You know the little prayer we do in the morning and then you get about, tell him that you're not satisfied. You need more. You want more. You're hungry. You're hungry. Lord God, we seek you. You have commanded that we seek you. You said for your pleasure we were created. And so Lord God, our hearts say to you, we will seek your faith. We will seek your faith. We will seek your faith. We will pursue you. We will chase after you. We will inquire of you. We will pray. We will get into the word because you are a priority. We love you and if we love you, we will obey your commands. We love you and if we love you, we will love your word. Stare up hunger within us, oh God. Let the yearning not cease because when it ceases, we begin to die. We don't want to die. We don't want to die. We don't want to die not having lived out all that you have for us. Jeremiah 20, Jeremiah 29 says, For I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to bring you to an expected end. It says, So you will call upon me. So go and pray to me. It says, So seek me with your whole heart. 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 Seek me with your whole heart. Don't leave anything behind. Don't hold back anything. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Don't allow the enemy to lie to you. Don't think that you are too wise than him. Don't hold on to your trust issues and not allow God to be God. Don't do that. Don't do it. Until you can get into that vulnerable space and say, See, I can't even figure this out. I don't even know. But I seek your face. You help me. You show me. You, you, you help me. I don't, I don't know how to fix it, but help me. God, we seek you. We chase after you. We seek and we find. We seek and we find life. We seek and we find strength. We seek and we find hope. We seek and we find all that we need, everything that pertains to life and to godliness. We seek after you. 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 Thank you for listening to today's message. We're sure you were blessed. Let's get interactive also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ICGC Revival Temple. Connect with Pastor Jennifer on YouTube and all her other social media handles. God bless you.